Have you ever been trying to communicate with your husband and his eyes glaze over and you're like, you realize you've been talking for a while and you don't even know what you're talking about anymore (laughs) and it's not even what you originally started talking about? Come on, Linda. Yes, you have. (laughs) Then your husband, he pipes in and he's making a comment that he thinks is helpful or will fix the problem and it just kind of leaves you feeling unheard and invalidated. He sees a problem and he wants to fix it while you just want him to listen. It's a common problem. If you're sitting there right now at a point though where you're wondering if the two of you even speak the same language or how on earth you're meant to feel loved when he just seems to always cut you off mid-conversation and give you advice. Girl, come on, let's talk. Today I've got five steps that are going to help you improve your conversations and have better communication between you two, even if he doesn't do anything different. So go grab your coffee and get ready, because here we go. This isn't a game of ding-dong ditch, and don't worry, I'm not a solar panel salesman. I'm just here to see you, friend. Whether you have spit up stains and cluttered counters, or you're still in your heels from work and just getting dinner started, take a minute and come sit with me. Welcome to the JAR podcast with your host, Lydia, certified teacher, homeschool boy mom, oh Lord help me, and marriage ministry leader, bringing you tough lessons from my own journey to soul health and wholeness. Together each week, we'll discuss our struggles, pain, and shame. We'll combat labels and lies with biblical truth, and we'll work through our mess and come out stronger, more confident, and rooted in our identity in Christ. So move your pile of laundry over. Better yet, let me help you fold it while we talk. Thanks for letting me in. Now let's get real. One of the worst feelings for me is when I feel stupid. I used to struggle so much, and sometimes I still do, with getting my point across in a conversation or in clearly stating the issue or the problem that I have especially to my husband. And yeah, there's things he does sometimes that don't (laughs) help the conversation, but I realized at some point that I was just not doing a very good job and I was kind of driving him to a level of frustration that made an even bigger problem than what the initial problem even was, whatever it was. (laughs) It made it seem like nothing and I had just made it worse. It would leave me feeling uh, regret for ever having even brought the topic up because I just made it worse and then I would left it feeling invalidated and unheard and frustrated with myself and incapable of communicating well. And you know, sure, your husband might interrupt you or walk away or point out a technicality <laughs> that didn't match up. And maybe if you're like me, you get flustered and defensive and then you just want to shut down. But man, those, those were some long nights and I bet you've had some too. Thankfully though, those catastrophic conversations are pretty few and far between now because through the years of practice and learning new ways and working through 
identifying my part in the conversation, I've learned some steps that really have drastically improved the way that I communicate and also how we both now communicate with each other. So you might want a piece of paper, a journal, a pen, something to write these steps down because they really are going to come in handy. So, you know, you may have a tendency like I did to immediately go to your husband and just verbally vomit all the things that are in your mind and you want to address the issue and you just, you want to talk about it. You want to figure it out. You want to fix it. Or maybe before you talk to him, you think calling a friend would be a good idea or texting her and you end up complaining when you just wanted to have someone listen and help you figure it out. But then you realize you haven't really gone to God. So number one is go to God first. And that might seem a little bit like, okay, great tip, but (laughs) it really is foundational and the first thing that should be done because the first thing that comes to my mind is the verse that says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. So if you are prioritizing your communication and relationship with God, then all of your other relationships are going to naturally improve as you are improving the most important relationship in your life. A couple other verses though that um, I researched and found helpful and that have helped me personally are um, from Ephesians 4.29. So you're going to want to write these references down. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up or fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And I'll talk about that one in a minute. The second one is Psalm 141 verse 3 that says, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. And then Proverbs 18 verse 2, A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. So Ephesians 4.29 is one that typically I use um, with my two boys, trying to help them to be kind to each other and not argue and to encourage one another. But really, if I apply it to my marriage and the conversations that I have with my husband, to not let any corrupting talk come out of my mouth. And the word corrupt, it basically means to be dishonest or to change or to twist something and so in my conversations with my husband it's really important for me to keep my my words honest and not manipulative and to keep it focused on on something that's going to build him up even if i'm feeling frustrated and uh, the part that i laughed at earlier where it says as fits the occasion just remembering to stay on topic, which we will get to later. Psalm 141 verse 3, where it says, set a guard over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips. Your words, once they come out, cannot be taken back. And I know that you've probably heard that before, but it's really hard to remember in the heat of the moment, especially when we are not feeling heard and we feel like we have to talk even more or even louder 
to get our point across because it we are at least perceiving that he's not getting it or hearing us. So in that before we even have a conversation with our husbands, remembering to go to God first and asking him to help us guard our our lips, our mouth. That's because of in Proverbs 18:2 that says that a fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion. So when we are just so set on making sure that he hears us, that he hears you, and you're only expressing your side of it and your opinion and your thoughts and not giving any room for him to um, express things himself, then that's just going to make matters worse and not solve anything. There's, there's this book that I read that I've, I've talked about on the podcast before. Um, I think I read it when I was engaged, but it's called Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti by uh, Bill Farrell. The concept is really funny, you know, like a man's brain is like the squares inside of a waffle where he's in one box at one time and that's all he's thinking about in that moment. And a woman's brain is like spaghetti where one thought leads to another one, to another one, to another one, and it's all jumbled and twisted and they're all connected and it makes sense in our brains, but we can't necessarily pick apart exactly what it is that started that thought. (laughs) And it can be really uh, confusing, not only for us, but especially for your husband. So there's a quote from the book that I wanted to quote here that fits this um, concept of going to God first. It says, God's shoulders are big enough to handle your deepest and darkest fears and frustrations. You don't have to worry about saying things you might never be able to get back or saying things that might wound God. He can't be wounded. He knows all you are feeling and thinking anyway. By going to God first, you gain an emotional release and the clarity to think and talk things through. This dress rehearsal with him better prepares you to succeed on the stage of life. So if you think about God already knows what is going on in your heart and your mind, even more so than you do. So going to him first and asking him, Lord, what is going on in my mind right now? especially if it's really hard to trace and connect what you're feeling to a thought you're having and what is really the root cause or the root issue so that you don't spend hours talking in circles in front of your husband, that you can express your frustrations to God and he's, he's not going to put you down. He's not going to criticize you. He's not going to interrupt you. <laughs> All the things that you potentially might experience from your husband if you go to him first. When you go to God first, you are in a safe place. He is safe. You're not gonna be too much for him. He is going to understand you more than you even understand yourself. So the very, very first step in having better communication is when you I mean, ideally it should be before most conversations, even if you don't think it's a big deal, but especially if it's something that is a sore spot and is a conversation that you guys just keep having over and over and it doesn't ever really seem to get anywhere or make any progress, then make sure that you are not skipping this first first step, that you are going to God first. And sometimes going to God first leads into step two, 
which is, I call it brain dumping or journaling. So when you go to God first and you ask him to search your heart and reveal things to you, um, he will. (laughs) And you're going to have so much going on in your mind that you need to get it out somehow. Going to a friend or to your husband right away when there's too much going on is not always the best idea. And so if you just get out a piece of paper or a journal or something that, or even your phone and just open the notes, just let all of your thoughts out. They don't have to be in any kind of organized order. It can just be random. It can be bullet points. It can be some kind of graphic organizer, like a spider web, web chart. It's the teacher and me speaking. <laughs> Again, doesn't have to be organized, but first get out everything that just kind of comes up and then ask yourself some questions like where did it start why is this bothering you what have you tried to do about it before what do you need in this moment from your husband what is it that you are looking for from him that makes you want to go talk to him about it are you looking to just be heard Or are you looking for him to own up to something or apologize? Or what is it that you're looking for from him? Because he certainly is not going to know what it is you want from him if you don't even know. So spend some time writing it out and maybe even circling some of the things that pop up as the real issue. And as you look at it and you can kind of see like, man, I'm okay. I'm way, I'm way off base or I'm overcomplicating it or I'm okay I see where I'm going with this this is really what's bothering me it can really help you identify um, some things that you didn't even know were there and really take out half of the struggle and the time that it would have taken if you were verbalizing this to your husband okay so the third step once you've gone to God first once you have journaled about this or done a brain dump about all of your thoughts and feelings on this particular issue. The third step is to prep your husband. <laughs> so another quote from the book is, most men have boxes in their waffle that have no words. There are thoughts, but they don't always translate into words. Not all of the wordless boxes have thoughts, however. There are actually boxes in the average man's waffle that contain neither words nor thoughts. To help relieve stress in his life, your husband will park in one of these boxes to relax. Um, I would love to have that problem. <laughs> I would love to actually relax when I say that I'm relaxing. I don't feel like my mind is ever turned off. But one thing is just to understand that your husband's mind might have a harder time jumping from one thought to another like our superpower of a brain does. He may have a harder time following your train of thoughts when you're trying to express it and not because he's trying to be difficult and not because he doesn't get it. He just needs to be prepped a little bit. So some things that I have found that help or that work are to ask him for a time when he's ready to talk. Not saying the dreaded phrase that men hate to hear of, we need to talk, but honestly asking him, hey babe, I have been thinking about and I have something on my heart that I want to talk to you about. Uh, When is a good time? 
because you know a lot of times they're busy at work or they're just coming back from work and they haven't had time to de-stress yet or they're hungry or hangry and they're not really going to be able to sit down and focus on you when that's what you want from them so I have found that waiting until my husband has said okay let's talk tonight after dinner when the boys are in bed or I've got some time on a lunch break or something like that where it gives him the heads up but also continues to allow you to have time to go to God and brain dump and not necessarily just start the conversation right there. Asking him for a time that works for him is part of it, but then also prepping him by stating what you need from him. So when you do sit down to talk to him, starting the conversation with, well, actually letting him know that you've been in prayer about this and you've gone to God about this and you've done some thinking before this, but then also letting him know what you need from him. Like, I just would appreciate if you just listen right now. Or I'm just trying to process something and I haven't really figured out the answer yet. I would love your feedback or your advice, but I just kind of need you to listen and I just need to be able to share what's on my heart first. That will help him to know what's expected of him. Um, another line from that book says, the bottom line with men is they feel best about themselves when they are solving problems. Therefore, they spend most of their time doing what they are best at while they attempt to ignore the things that would cause them to feel deficient. So if communicating with you is something that he doesn't feel very good at previously, it's going to be really hard for him to want to work on this even though, yes, he needs to do his part at some point. But if this has been a struggle, just remember to be patient. And the more that you work on these steps yourself, he will start to come toward you and be more willing um, because he won't feel like such a failure in this department. So for me, one of the things that I tell my husband that I need when we're about to have a conversation is that I need him to sit still <laughs> and I need him to give me undivided attention because maybe he is able to listen while he's walking around or getting things and he's proven that that's true because he repeats things back to me but I get super visually distracted um, and I cannot organize my thoughts when he's moving around. It's so weird. He's like, I'm listening. I'm like, I know, but I can't concentrate. <laughs> So that's one thing that I have learned I need to make sure that I ask for. Just be like, hey babe, I, I don't want to drag this out, but can you just sit there and, and put your phone down and listen for a minute because I, I need to focus on this conversation. So anyway, whatever it is for you, whatever you need, just state that ahead of time. Okay, the fourth step in really helping your communication to improve is to stay on topic. So like I said, our brains can go all over the place and I can trace a thought all the way back and back and forth and all around and I can, it might take me a while to get there, but once I do, I can connect all the dots and I, I see how it all goes together. <laughs> but oftentimes I can also go off on a tangent that distracts him from hearing my ultimate need or the thing that's actually been bothering me which then makes it seem like he doesn't understand what I'm saying, but really it's that he can't follow all of the tangents. 
So it, although it can be tempting to go off on tangents and, um, especially when he does something that triggers you, like he's doing the same thing again, he's interrupting me or he's, um, pointing out something technical and that's not what I meant. And then it's frustrating to you and you feel like he's not listening well, it can kind of derail the conversation because you might be tempted to go off track. Like literally the other day I was trying to share something with my husband and he kept interrupting me to ask for more details that I hadn't gotten to yet. And I just kept stopping to explain why that bothers me. And I got frustrated and then he wanted me to continue. But then I was like, okay, but now I'm so irritated. I don't even want to talk to you about it anymore. (laughs) So I just said, okay, hold on, took a breath. And I was like, okay, so, and I got back to the conversation, but in the past, I would have totally gotten so frustrated and off track and pointed out how he always does that and I can never talk to him. And then that would have been a whole new discussion and not the one that I originally wanted to talk about. So staying on topic is really important, even though it's really hard. And you know, part of the reason of going through these other three steps before this is because I used to not follow any of those steps and I would start a conversation before I had ever even figured out what was actually wrong. And you know, sometimes I still do, but I'm, I'm quicker now at saying, okay, hold on, I need a minute to think, I'm not sure. But I used to go round and around and around and finally, after making my poor husband sit there and try to figure out what it was that I was trying to say for way too long, I would get this aha moment of, oh, that's what the real problem is that I hadn't taken the time to figure out beforehand and he had to go through this whole circus with me. Poor guy. Babe, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> so the first three steps will help you to do this one. If you've gone to God first, if you've brain dumped and journaled, and if you've prepped him for the conversation, it will help you to stay on topic, to really solve whatever issue that you want to communicate about. And finally, the last one, number five, is to practice active listening. And I feel like that's a whole nother episode for another time because this is a whole practice, a discipline, and there's a, a lot to it, but I'll kind of summarize here. When he talks to you, practice active listening by repeating things back to him like this. So what I hear you saying is, and then repeat back what you think that he's saying. Or, so when I do blank, you feel this way. Okay. Or, Maybe you're getting it wrong and your perception is wrong. And so then he has the chance to say, well, no, that's not what I said or that's not what I meant. And instead of jumping to conclusions or perceiving things a certain way, you're actually able to gain clarity. And when you do this for him in these conversations, he will begin to understand that process and more naturally return that favor to you. And you can ask him. If he, if he doesn't naturally start doing this, you can ask him, can you repeat back to me what you heard me say? He will, and maybe he got it, and you're like, okay, great, cool, he, he's, he's getting it. Or it'll give him the chance to ask you clarifying questions, like what did you mean by whatever this was? 
and he can see how things, or you can see how things come across to him that you didn't mean. So as you hear things from his perspective, it gives you the opportunity to practice being more clear without feeling the rush to defend yourself because you're just asking him to repeat it back. And Linda, listen, I know it's exhausting. It's so tiring sometimes trying to communicate well, and I get it. But I want to encourage you that with discipline, with daily discipline, comes the victory. It's in the small moments, the everyday conversations, the following through of these steps of remembering to go to God first and journaling about what you're thinking and feeling, especially if it's a big topic that just hasn't been resolved yet in multiple attempts in conversations and if you're just so sick of going around and around and around and nothing is being resolved then instead of doing the same things you've always done try doing these five steps and hopefully prayerfully they will begin to gain traction and to help you to have better communication habits that really do have an effect on your husband as well and that he will also begin to do these things. I pray that they start to have an effect immediately. I pray that you start to remember your validation doesn't come from your husband but it comes from God and as you go to God first and he hears you and he validates you and he reminds you of who you are that you can walk into a conversation with your husband more confident in your ability to communicate well because you have asked God to be the filter for your mouth and for your heart and your mind and you've got the Holy Spirit helping you and giving you words, giving you patience and even working ahead in your husband's heart before the conversation. Part of going to God first can be praying, Lord, start to soften my husband's heart, start to open his ears, help me to express myself well so that he can understand what's going on in me so that we can come together on this issue and it not be something that divides us but instead unifies us. I really pray that these five steps bless you and help you. Loads of love, Lydia. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 15. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. I'll see you next Saturday, same time, same place.